What's up everybody? This is Eddie with Flex Machine Tools and welcome to our latest episode of Flex and Friends, a video cast experience series where I am lucky enough to get to hang out with, chillin' and really pick the brain of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate and profound thought leaders. And we're going to be talking about everything you guessed it, manufacturing. And one thing that we haven't been able to really talk about is education within manufacturing and what the future workforce looks like and what individuals are doing to combat this current skills gap. So we have an expert in the educational world and our good friend, Toby Princeton from our local Apollo Career Center. So hey, without further ado, let's bring him on in. All right. Toby, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me, Eddie. I appreciate it. Hey, no, thank you for, for really being one of our VIP special guests. I'm really excited to dive deep into the content that really is education within manufacturing, because I think you're going to tell us a lot of amazing things today. But before we get rocking and rolling, man, you know the drill. We got to learn about you personally. So could you give us a little bit of insight on who is Toby? Well, I started out many years ago in a, a toolmaker apprenticeship program. So I was machining many, many, many years ago. Uh, spent about 13, 14 years in machining and then went into the education field where I taught machining. Um, did fairly well there and moved up in the ranks. And now I'm the assistant director for adult education and oversee a lot of different manufacturing programs here. No, that, that really is wonderful. And again, I couldn't be just more thankful for you to be able to take time out of your day to really kind of school us up, for lack of a better term. So obviously, you're, you're rock and rolling. You're over there at, at Apollo. So how long have you been over there at the Career Center, man? This is my 19th year here. Um, I've enjoyed everything. Uh, it was a big change going from industry in, into education, but I've really enjoyed it. Um, worked with a lot of great students and now work all over the world in different areas from Japan to Germany, all over the United States. Uh, it's really interesting seeing how they've grown through the years. And actually, there's a few of them that work out there with you, Eddie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You are a popular guy and I've heard nothing but amazing things about you. So really kudos to you for not only being in the world that you're in, but for having a positive impact on individuals that really, obviously, I mean, what you're doing is correct because they're staying in manufacturing and doing wonderful things and they're great human beings. So tip of the cap on that one. And then additionally, so obviously you're in the education sector. You've been there for some time. You have lots of experience, but I really want to uncover your experience at the spindle. So when you, we take a step back, I, I want to talk about your machine shop background, man. Tell us a little bit about your shops, man. Back when I was in a machine shop working full time, we actually had to load our programs with a tape machine. So a lot of old school people kind of real remember that old reel to reel and uh, code was a little different back then when you're talking on the CNC side, it was a lot of manual back then. Um, uh, I remember going around and running my first CNC jig grinder. That was a very unique experience. I don't think I could even run it anymore. But uh, like I said, I spent many years doing it. Uh, a lot of technology has changed since then. And um, it's kind of hard to stay current where I'm at now. Right. No, I completely understand. And it's awesome for you to have kind of, I would say that experience and expertise and being able to honestly see the transition as that technology really doesn't take over, uh, just uh, provides a lot of value for individuals before and at the spindle. Uh, so, so a big thing here, I mean, I appreciate you diving into what your previous experience is. Obviously, that creates a lot of relevancy for you specifically. But when it comes to your work with Apollo, like what does your day to day look like? Well, day to day here is kind of two different things. I'll kind of start off with what the high school looks like. Um, we have a lot of different manufacturing programs here. We've got our robotics and CNC and our welding. 
Um, both those programs are busting at the seams with students, which is a good thing. Um, those students typically spend about two hours, 45 minutes a day in a lab atmosphere, learning how to uh, run manual machines, how to program CNC, surface grinders, a lot of conversational programming, um, a little old school, new school type stuff, uh, longhand programming, cam, a little bit of everything. Um, on the adult side, day to day for me, I work a lot with businesses and getting their current employees upskilled to where they need them to be. Uh, everybody knows right now it's real hard to find employees. So to get somebody that next level, it's a lot easier to train current employees because you know they're loyal to the company. Um, mm -hmm. I deal a lot with that. Uh, the adult ed side, we run all our programs in the evenings um, during the day, of course, with the high school. So most times at four o'clock in the afternoon, the high school labs transition into adult ed labs and they're pretty full in the evenings as well. And that's seriously incredible that you have a bit of those. I mean, we'll dive a little bit more into your traditional versus non-traditional students for sure. But it's wonderful to know that you, you're not only kind of fostering the uh, the current generation and kind of really increasing those skills and sharpening the axe, but really establishing those connections and really helping individuals find their passion, you know, at the spindle before just in manufacturing in general. Like that's a really, really big deal. And so I'm sure you have all types of educational opportunities that you're providing to the future workforce. So we're kind of going to go down the list. Do you have any specific programs that you're specifically running right now that you're really seeing some success with and really making an impact on the future of manufacturing? Right now, a lot of what we're doing is the apprenticeship model. Um, that term's kind of come back around. Um, it was popular back in the 80s and 90s, kind of went away for a while. Um, currently, we're running about eh, pretty close to 80 apprentices through, whether it be toolmaker, machine repair, electrician, uh, millwright. Um, that model's actually very good for a lot of the companies. They get them in, get them when they're young, upskill again. Um, typically with a, an apprenticeship program, it's about 650 of what we call related technical instruction hours. That's the time they spend here. And then it's 8,000 hours of on-the-job training in specific categories. So we work with the companies to help define the categories. We take all the paperwork off everybody. We deal with the state and the Ohio State Apprenticeship Council, um, that keeps that keeps us pretty busy here. Well, I can imagine. I mean, even though I feel like we're just barely scratching the surface. Um, one thing you and I talked about in our conversations uh, beforehand was tech cred, which I thought was really incredible. I had no idea it even existed. Uh, explain that for the individuals who may not be familiar or want to become more familiar with it. What is that? What does it entail? Why should people even consider it? So tech cred is actually a Ohio State initiative. Um, what TechCred will do is if you go to techcred.gov and you can sign up. Um, it will reimburse a company up to $2,000 per credential. Um, and once again, that's a reimbursement. So the company just has to pay up front. So mm -hmm. they can train the current employees, get them the skills they need, get them the credential they need or the certificate they need. And uh, it's really at no added cost to the company. Um, a lot of the apprenticeship companies that come here, they use it yearly. So a year one apprentice is an actual certification that they can get. So they can get $2,000 back just for sending an apprentice here. 
Nice. Nice. And again, I, I, I appreciate you diving into that because I had no idea it was a thing. And though maybe in my world, I wouldn't cross that as much for those who that would be super relevant for. It's definitely something to look into, especially if it's getting reimbursed. You know, it's for lack of a better term, that's that's free upscaling of your employees and your workforce. Right. I mean, at least that's why I mean, am I incorrect in that? Is that the wrong way oh, to see yeah. it? Yeah, it's it's a great deal for a lot of companies. It doesn't take much to actually fill out the application. Um, I actually filled the application out here. We wanted to send some teachers in out to get some robotics training. So we used it on our side to send people to Fanook training to get robotics certified to be teachers. Um, it probably took me about 25 minutes the first time to fill out the application. Now all the information's in there. It's stored. I can do one within 10 minutes if I wanted to continue on and send another instructor somewhere else. So it, it's very user friendly. Um, even the reimbursement process is pretty easy. You just upload the certificate, upload an invoice, check shows up in the mail. That's, you're making it sound so easy, man. Well, why, why isn't everybody taking advantage of this type of program? Um, not everybody's heard about it. That's the hardest thing. Uh, right. Just like when I started talking to you, Eddie, a couple of weeks ago, you were like, man, we need to let this, let people know. Um, it's out there. A lot of the high means jobs in a local area work with them. They can help you get through it if you're interested in doing it. Um, I'm here if you ever need some help. It really doesn't take much to do. Um, a, what, an individual company can actually get up to $30,000 per year for training. Um, wow. At $2,000 a pop, that's that's quite a bit of free uh, free training for your employees. Wow, I would say, and you make a great point, Toby, and that's that it's easier to train a current loyal employee than to find a new one. And I feel like that might even be true, not only in this time, because obviously it's super relevant right now, but it's relevant across the board, whether, you know, I mean, it's just such a profound thing. And then additionally to that, I mean, obviously it sounds like that's a great program for companies to take advantage of, but how are you doing any type of outreach? I guess, what outreach efforts are you doing for the local schools? Like that's, that's probably a big sector for you. Even on the adult side, um, coming up, uh, I got two visits coming up where I'm going to actually have like Alan East seniors into our adult side to show them what all we have to show. Obviously we're here to talk about manufacturing, but we've got other medical programs and everything else. So we're bringing them into tour. I'm going to spend some time at Shawnee talking to some of their English classes about what Apollo has to offer. So we really do a lot of good things in reaching out through adult ed, but then the high school does, they do as well where our guidance counselors are in the home schools, talking to them, and then in January, we'll bring oh, probably 1,500 sophomores out here to kind of come through and check things out. And then in, Jan in uh, April, we'll do a big, what we call a Palapalooza, where we open the door and have a big dog and pony show, and everybody comes in. And so it's kind of great. Apollo Palooza. Oh my word. That is amazing. Whoever came up with that deserves a gold star. And speaking of gold stars, we have a star in Nicole here. What does she say? Let's get a little show a little bit of love here. What do we got going on? She says to us here, these are awesome programs for people to take advantage of and for companies. Absolutely. And she follows up with, that's awesome. Well, hey, Nicole, you are awesome. We appreciate you jumping in. Anybody else watching live, hop on in that chat box. We'll pull you up. We'll address it. So I definitely agree with what Nicole said. And then as we're kind of moving forward, are you doing any collaborations potentially with any like local businesses that are outside of, of tech cred potentially? We do, but I really try to push the tech cred whenever they come in. Um, it's just a great way for them to to uh, get free training. Uh, last week, we worked with uh, regional 
uh, RGP locally and uh, had gotcha. make rest here. Um, that was a big success. We had 60 different companies come in. Um, a bunch of people came through Saturday for potential jobs. Uh, we're talking about doing it again in the spring, but maybe gearing it more towards uh, um, high school seniors from all the area schools, not just ours. So we got to make sure you guys get a spot at the table with that. And uh, better believe we, it. We work with quite a bit of outreach on that on those. Sure. And I, I'm sure you do. It's just it's always interesting because individuals watching this could potentially be inspired and say, hey, we could do this. But I don't know if it gets better than Apollo Palooza. That is amazing. And I refuse to get over it. That's incredible. So uh, speaking of things that, that are incredible, um, let, let's take a step back. Uh, I know you mentioned your traditional versus non-traditional students. So what does that kind of look like? What What's it, maybe not the ratio, but but what essentially does that look like for you? How does that work? What, what type of response you're seeing from it? We're getting a lot more females into our the male-dominated areas. It's actually kind of surprising. Uh, like uh, one company is going to start sending 10 people here, uh, I think November, December time frame. Six of them are females. Uh, to me, that's that's tremendous. I love to see when that happens, trying to get more non-traditional students. Um, Manufacturing is not what it used to be. Everybody thinks dark, dingy, old. Um, you check out Flex's new facility. It's bright. It's clean. Everything's automated. Uh, everything's got a computer tied to it anymore. So the old stigmatism on manufacturing can be thrown out the door. They got to come and check out these new areas. This is totally, totally true. And I love that you bring up that there are females jumping into it because we actually had a specific guest, Megan Zimba from Maven to Manufacturing, who is all about women in manufacturing and she's a true advocate for it. So I know that she's super pumped and will be super pumped to hear that specific fact. And I'm going to make sure to share it with her because that is really cool because um, I know it's definitely an underserved portion of manufacturing is, you know, diversity, if you will, especially in that women's sector. So, yeah. Girl power. I love it. Hey, and additionally, let's talk about the skills gap. I mean, that's a great transition right into that. What do you think is happening? What are your thoughts on this quote unquote skills gap, Toby? It's real. <laughs> There's no doubt about it for many yeah. years. Uh, counselors pushed college. Many kids didn't get into the skilled trades. Um, and this is kind of a little bit off topic a little bit, but we're working on bringing an HVAC program in. Do you know how old the average HVAC technician is? 55. You oh, wow. A huge skills gap there. But people my age didn't typically go into manufacturing, whether it be a tool maker, machine repair, welding. Uh, a lot of them went to college. So there's not a whole lot of 40 year olds out there. So there's definitely a huge skills gap. Sure, sure. No, it's relevant and super on top for you to open that HVAC program. And I just I would have never known that the average age is 55. That's that's a, it's a really good stat to be able to have that. Now, did you feel that the direct cause of that was maybe the previous generation before myself or whatever it may be uh, getting pushed into that college and that four year degree atmosphere? Like, was it that or do you think there was another catalyst for what we're seeing right now? I think a lot of it was the old manufacturing being dirty, being dingy. Um, not very much automation, along with everybody needs to go to college. I think the two and the, the old stigmatism kind of played a lot into, uh, into uh, the skills gap. Okay. Okay. No, it totally makes sense. And then like, aside from that, I mean, you're obviously out there in the trenches, you're directly dealing with seeing, experiencing this gap and trying to combat it. So how do you feel we as, as an industry and manufacturers as a whole across the U.S. and maybe even the world, how do we combat this 
and prepare for the future? I think it's kind of really right in itself already. Um, uh, you look at our high school two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, we had 650 people here. We didn't have an empty seat this year. We were eight, right now we're at 841. We're up almost 200 people in three years. So wow. I think that the tone of career tech education, skilled trades, it's, it's, it's going in the right direction. I just hope to see it continue in that right direction. No, absolutely. I mean, this is wonderful feedback from somebody in the trenches there and also someone like yourself who's really a part of that movement. Everyone likes to say they're a part of the movement and we're making a post here and there doing a video. But you are, my friend, in the trenches making the future of manufacturing every single day. Now, riddle me this. Why would the younger generation that could easily go to a four-year school, which is the glamorous thing, I suppose, why would somebody even want to consider a career in manufacturing? Like what's your true opinion on that, man? My opinion on that is you got a local, a lot of local employers that will actually pay for you to go to college, pay for your upskill training, pay for your apprenticeship. So you're going to come out with the other four year degree or an apprenticeship for free. You're not going to owe a dime when you're done. You're going to be making more than most people make coming out of a four year college. So that's mm -hmm. to me is one of the biggest sells of going into a skilled trade. Man, going out, one, getting the experience and the education with little to no debt from what I'm hearing, get hands-on experience and leave that apprenticeship making more than the most individuals do in a four-year. That, that, that's a pretty strong list, I would say, right? Yes, definitely. No, it, it's great. This, this is seriously wonderful insight. And then, so let's take a step even further. Um, you obviously have some optimism and I love it. I love that somebody in the trenches, and I've said it a million times and I'll say it again because you above every guest I've talked to thus far, you are in the trenches getting these individuals excited about it. So what do you think the future of manufacturing is gonna, going to look like? And I know it's a very broad question, but- I think there's going to be a lot more automation, a lot more robotics. It's going to become a lot more high tech. Um, I think that there's- just the technology alone is going to change a lot of things. You think about the cutters you use to cut material on your, your Haas machines out there. Comparable when I was in the industry 20 years ago till now, the technology is tremendous. Uh, I think it's just going to continue to grow. Uh, um, things speed up. They go faster. You're able to produce more parts quicker. Uh, automation, definitely. It's a buzzword, man. The whole industry 4.0, robotics, automation, all that, all that stuff, which is great. I mean, it's 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 sexy stuff for sure. Uh, so with you, let's let's continue this, man. So when it comes to the workforce and when it comes to automation, what with you experiencing the last 20 plus or however many years of of that transformation, what do you think is gonna that's gonna look like for automation in the next 20? It's hard to say because I don't think that technology is even started to be developed and what it's going to look like. Hey, you look at Tesla cars. I mean, you look at a lot of other things, a lot of lights out facilities I could see at some point in time where people may be working from home doing the programming and, and running the machines and not even be there. I, I who knows where it's going to end up. Mm -hmm. This this is all intriguing stuff. And then uh, additionally, as we kind of ramp down towards the end of our conversation, I'm going to ask you the same question for robotics. Uh, so where do you what type of impact and, and specifically the type of impact, if you will, uh, could robotics have over the next maybe not 20, but let's talk maybe the next 5, 10, 15. 
I think you're going to see a lot more collaborative, collaborative robots over the next few years where you don't need the big cages around them. The robot can really work side by side with somebody. Um, it takes away a lot of the needed safety features of a traditional robot. Uh, I, everybody now is trying to develop the next best collaborative robot. Uh, I, I think that will be one of the biggest things upcoming. No, it's, it's very intriguing. You know, we hear a lot. I mean, some of our guests, you know, are specific experts in that robotics field. And I know there is even technology being released now that is a all-inclusive, you know, um, universal operating system for robots, which I mm -hmm. think is incredible because now, you know, you have the different robots who have their different oh, yeah. programming, different operating systems. And so it's incredible to be very closely associated with a company that's creating a universal language for all of them. And what type of impact do you think maybe something like that's going to have? I think it'd be tremendous. Uh, right now, I mean, here at Apollo, we have three different types of robots and all three are definitely very different in how they're programmed. Um, a lot of language is the same, but just flipping through screens on one type versus another type versus another mm -hmm. type. Um, a lot of that can be confusing if you're trying to train train somebody mm -hmm. to program a robot. And being a high school kid, it's a little difficult when you're working on three different ones. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. I stay away from robots unless I'm doing the dance, if you will. You know, just because I know they're so over my head and out of my league. But, uh, but no, definitely some interesting stuff to be able to have. And I think that having that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think having that universal language in robotics is going to really help the students specifically who are learning this new uh, type of programming and these new operating systems. I think it's going to really facilitate it because like right now you got to learn, you know, the the Fanuc or Fanuc, whatever. You got to learn that operating system. You got to Yaskawa, you got to learn that and all the other ones. But if they could all speak the same language, I mean, that'd be a huge impact on the future of manufacturing as we see that being adopted a lot more. What are your thoughts? Uh, I love it. I'm all for it. It's no different than CNC language. 99% of that's all the same, whether you're on a Mazak, a Haas, an Akuma, whatever you're on, I, I definitely see huge advantages to that. True story. I love it. I love it. This is this has really been an awesome conversation. Great perspective. And then so additionally, as we wrap things up here, uh, feed us in regards to where can we get more information on Apollo specifically, get in touch with somebody about your educational advancement opportunities and just be aware of what you have going on. Where can we look and where can we go? We got a lot of information on our website at ApolloCareerCenter.com or they can go ahead and call out here and ask for me. 419-998-3000. Um, uh, there we go. Way to do it. That's wonderful. So make sure everybody, as we exit this specific episode, make sure you check out Apollo Career Center. They're always pushing out content, always doing these community collaborations. Hey, if you're interested, check out that tech credit. And if you do have any questions with that, Toby is clearly the specific expert. So, Toby, it's been a really, really good conversation. You're, you're super passionate. You're super insightful. And I absolutely love it. And I feel as if I've gained, at least myself and everybody else who's tuning in or watching it after a significant amount of value. So do you have any last statements, any impact uh, statements, if you will, that you'd like to make before we head out today? No, I just really appreciate you having me on, Eddie. No, hey, well, thank you so much for being a clear expert in the educational opportunities within manufacturing. And thank you as well for really facilitating the future. So you, you clearly have a, an amazing impact on the individuals, or I wouldn't specifically hear how impactful you've been. So hopefully you put that feather in your cap and moving forward and continue to shine your light because you clearly are doing some good things. So everybody, hey, follow this episode. Check out Toby. He's um, You can find him on LinkedIn or you can reach out to the number as he previously described there. And also just make sure you're following all the cool content 
at Apollo Career Center. And then also following this debt, make sure you go check out flexmachinetools.com. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're even messing around on TikTok. So again, thank you to all the live viewers. Toby, thank you as well. Hey, until next time, you all stay awesome, stay flexing, and we will surely see you next time.